さ。That's right. Hope you like your present. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Lisa, it's your birthday. God bless you this day. You gave me the gift of a little sister, and I'm proud of you today. Lisa, it's your birthday. Welcome to consumer culture. I didn't know that was happening, so <laughs> it was this oh. or the. Um, I'm now realizing that I probably should have gotten the one from Thor Ragnarok, but <laughs> this this works. This works. No, it's it's fine. Yeah, so consumer culture where we Happy can't birthday, decide. Jesse. Yeah, um, it is soon tomorrow. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. no, it'll be today we, when this post. Today when this comes up, that's true. That's very true. Um, fun fact: Andre the Giant died the day before I was born, and oh, I always wow. thought that was really interesting. Can only be yep. one man, right? I was like, whoa. <laughs> Especially, and the fact Princess Bride's my favorite movie of all yeah. time is your, very your interesting. Birth precipitated the creation of the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> Hello, lady. Um, <laughs> actually that to kick off my uh, weekend we watched the criterion blu-ray that i got for christmas nice. and then watched it again with commentary and then watched it again with like explaining how uh goldman's one of the best screen writer writers of all time kind of thing they had added to it oh yeah because uh, that guy a lot of great stuff after he died of people just being like listen he's uh I listened to a um a, a trivia podcast and they asked like what two movies did he win Academy Awards for? Yeah. And it was uh Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and all the President's Men. Yep. And he says multiple times in the doc in the documentary and the uh commentary that the only two scripts he ever liked was uh Sun Butch and Sundance and Princess Bride. <laughs> He never brings up all presents men once. And that's such a good movie. It's I know it's so interesting. He's a he was a fickle dude. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, consumer culture. Yes. I'm Jesse at Hello. Existentialism. I'm and Adam. I guess the the Bart Simpson to my Lisa? Yeah, there you go. The Michael Jackson to <laughs> your singing you. Your, do you know that was I, Michael Jackson? See. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I th I was trying to figure out if that was Michael Jackson or Prince. Like I, they, couldn't, I couldn't tell, and I couldn't his, remember. I think his name in the show was Michael Jackson, but he was a large white man, and it weird. was Michael Jackson. It was some weird thing. Like Michael Jackson was on the show, but uncredited. They credited him something different. It's like the Mr. Bergstrom episode. They they yeah. like um, Dustin Hoffman was uncredited, yeah. and like Michael Jackson did a lot of that stuff. Like, did you know Michael Jackson wrote the music for Sonic the Hedgehog two? <laughs> he did, and he's he just I didn't. He wasn't credited for it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's weird. Um, my original thing was uh the Simon Pegg to my Nick Frost. I thought that hey would be good to transition in that we're gonna be super, or I'm gonna be super self indulgent and just talk about my favorite 
sci-fi films of the decade, but they're, you know, they're ones everyone likes or likes to hate. It's fine. I, um, I don't think you have my a main lot of rule, likes to hate on there. It depends. Like, my main rule was no franchises this time, because I, I like to focus yeah. on the franchise. So, no Star Trek, no Star Wars, no um, Transformers, because, yeah, they totally would have all been on here. <laughs> doesn't seem Bumblebee. Um, man, Bumblebee's a interesting thing. I it has like what? Good. Yeah, and no. it kind of made it funny, kind of didn't. I don't know. It I've heard like, it. Thing I've heard broke it, it did better than the last one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so when we had that really loose, um, let's just talk about sci-fi movies episode, like episode six, I think. Oh, I went all yeah, the way I back about that. Um, we ended on John Carter, and we didn't get um. You know, Looper would have been on this list because it's one of my favorite of the decade. But we talked about Looper, so. But we'll jump off of John Carter. More talk about what we like about it, which I thought was really pretty. Like I thought it. Yeah. Was, it felt really good when I saw it, and it just made sense when when I looked at it. And now maybe today it, it just it seems like one of those like what you watch at one a.m. in the morning kind of thing or something. Yeah. Um, it is very. I think well, ultimately, I feel like that's yeah. kind of by design because, like, John Carter is like that old style of serial yes. and all that, like where um, it, it's meant to be this high adventure. Yeah, and I which is the type of thing that you those. would run across in the middle of the night. Yeah, um, I I brought I bring this up all the time, but I miss movies like Brendan Fraser's Mummy. Yes, because um, you know Brendan Fraser made it. Yeah. <laughs> and I love like, that's how know, we have Indiana Thursday. Jones. Like, yes. And I think this was one of the closest to that in this yep. decade. Um, and I don't, and it wasn't, it wasn't portrayed that way. It wasn't marketed that way. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people got lost in the, I remember I went to see something else with a, uh, with a friend of mine and she heard John, she heard a John Connor in the credits and she got really excited. Then she realized it was John Carter. She was like, Oh, never mind. I don't know who that like, is. So here's, <laughs> and that's here's a the good, problem. Yeah. Here, here's the problem. John Carter is a good example of why you maybe shouldn't give one person complete right. creative control on a project. Andrew Stanton yeah. directed it, and he was able to. He directed uh, Toy Story. He directed Finding Nemo. He worked with with. Uh, he worked with Wally. He he worked on every Pixar movie pretty much. He is he was beloved at Disney, and he was able to write his own check. And he was like, I want to make a John Carter movie because he loved John Carter from Mars the series of Edgar Rice Burroughs novels. But he thought, as one often does in situations like this, where you kind of get tunnel vision. Yeah. Oh, everybody knows John Carter. Everybody loves John Carter as much as I do. So we don't need to call it John Carter from Mars. We don't need to, like, we just need to call it John Carter. And that'll make total sense, and everybody will know what we're talking about. Yeah. And it bombed. Like, it bombed so hard. Because they didn't market it. They didn't tell people what the movie was. Yeah. They just assumed people would know. And yep. that is why maybe don't give one person full... Like, this and the prequels. Like, alright, so maybe you do need checks and balances when making a $100 million movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed... Beautiful. Yes, and it... And yeah, it has that high adventure. It has that old feeling while still doing yep. very new. Um, and a lot of people straight up just thought it was a Star Wars ripoff. They had no clue what the books were. Especially there, there was since, nothing. Like, yeah. 
and like you know Star yeah. Wars was took all of its inspiration from from old serials like John Carter. Yep, exactly. Um, Argo, Ar- Ar- go fuck yourself. It's all I can think of. Yes. When this get this getting made and not doing well, and everyone thinking yep. it's a Star Wars ripoff, I just think of that. <laughs> yeah. God bless Alan Arkin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this basically jumping off point we talked about before. Uh, I tried like listening to a um uh uh audio book of the Princess Mars series and man it's some dry writing. It's some pretty dry writing. Edgar Rice Burroughs um, is a fairly dry writer. He's yeah. a fairly dry man. Um so real quick, uh Dune being made by uh Denis Villeneuve, let's not yeah. have this situation and we already know what Dune was. We're yes. already familiar with Dune at least from the the wonky ass is this good is this not why is this such a big deal for people uh uh david lynch thing because man people want to defend it just because it's david lynch and it's It's not bad but it's definitely not great it is exactly Um, what you would expect from david lynch making a big budget sci-fi movie yep um like 100 percent. speaking of weird big budget sci-fi movies i loved death uh cloud atlas Yes. Um, I realized the other day I don't hate a single Wachowski film. <laughs> I don't at all. I really love them and how they I, do stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, yeah, I don't dislike. I'm a any sucker of them. Even the for ones... world building, even yeah, if it's it, like all there is is just world and nothing else. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> even, even the ones that don't land for me, I still appreciate. Like, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you got the Matrix movies, which are fine. Uh, yeah. I've decided then, I don't hate the third one, which makes people I, like look at me I like think I'm crazy. All, I think they're all fun. Uh, yeah. Then you have Speed Racer, which is now finally a goddamn fucking, gem. Eleven fucking. years later, getting yep. the respect it deserves. Yes. Um, Cloud Atlas is good, and like I love Jupiter Ascending, maybe for like the wrong reasons, because <laughs> I love how stupid it is and how like just yes. incredibly dumb it is. Yep. Uh, yeah, Cloud Atlas. Uh, <laughs> fascinating. It's great. Um, I love like so. My my quick response is, how can you not love a movie where Tom Hanks is an Irishman that says "fuck" like twenty times and then kills somebody? How could you question. not love that movie? <laughs> it's so like it took me so long to figure out that's who he was, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Um cuz Tom Hanks saying the f word doesn't that's not a it thing that exists. Happen. That's it not doesn't real. happen. You made that up. Um Halle Berry is really interesting in this because like some of the the cameo makeup scenes she does like she's like a white doctor in one of the future scenes or she's like yeah. a Chinese doctor or something that's super weird and and people yeah, got really obsessed like... for like the um like using white face in this or whatever cuz some I of the Asian like... actors No, they didn't do white face, they did yellow face. They 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 made up a lot of the actors to location and the uh the Right, but they also had Neo a few of the Asian actors uh, Right, right. Too. Like I feel like I understand why they did it and I and I would not criticize them for it. I get it. Yeah. I understand that the story they were telling Yes, I feel like maybe just issue the makeup and just let everybody just be what they are, and we we uh, uh, like trust the audience, trust that the audience knows yeah what's going on. You don't need to give uh uh Jim Broadbent Korean people eyes. Uh, we get yeah. it. We know what the conceit of the movie is. 
he it, yeah. yeah it's it's the same and if you never bring up types bring it up you it allows yeah. more like, suspension yeah, it's, in, it's in neo soul and it's fine but yeah i think like slapping that makeup on people it, 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 it i think it detracted from the movie for me because it was like oh i see what you're doing yeah. here but like you're insulting my intelligence i can follow this Could. i get it yeah. i get it it's yeah. fine but i i do think it's 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 fine i understand why they did it uh yeah but, and at least uh, they did it for everybody in yes. the situation. Like yes. they didn't do specifically certain yeah. people, which I think is the best. If you're going to do it, you if have to go all do, the way if, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a weird movie. It's good though. Yeah. And it's, and it was like all the Wachowski money. Cause no one wanted to make it. I believe well, it was, if uh, I remember. It was, uh, yeah. Uh, it had a few, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it was pretty much them, and... Yeah, cause, cause I'm pretty sure they had the, like, L, yeah. um, the company it was under, which was... Uh, they had the, Anarchos uh, Productions, yeah. which is just the Wachowskis? Yeah, yeah, Warner Brothers, they had to tell Warner Brothers, yeah. it's like, yeah, well, we'll do most of this, and just yeah, let us make Warner this Warner Brothers movie. didn't produce it, Warner Brothers just distributed it. Yeah, right, right, like, Yeah, they the just they distributed it. Really yeah. yeah, and like it didn't make it made they its even budget named back it Cloud Atlas barely. production. Yeah, is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, <laughs> and no, it was Cloud Atlas Anarchos. production and Anarchos production. Yep, um, so and they... some German production. Uh, yep, from uh, some company owned by one of the producers. Yes, uh, but yeah, only it's, way it's, this got made. Yeah, and so yeah, Cloud Atlas like it is the story of six different time periods with the same actors playing different characters throughout all of them, and it's about yep. how like. You know the world is connected and souls traveling through time and everybody is. Yeah, you know, it's it's reincarnation. So yeah, some Assassin's Creed that. stuff. Ugh, uh, but but, but <laughs> yeah, I don't mean Assassin's that in Creed's a bad on this way, list. No, Dick. Just, no, I'm uh, talking about the movie. I'm talking about the, the Assassin's game. Creed movie. I know. Damn it. <laughs> um, Fine. but yeah, it's and everybody's <laughs> really good in it. Um, did you have you ever read the book that's based on? No, I've so heard it's the, more complicated, isn't it? Well, the book, the way the book is 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 uh, portrayed, so yeah. it's twelve chapters. Okay, there's six time frames, right? So like the first chapter is the the 1849, and you get the yeah. first half of that, and the second chapter is the first half of 1936, and the third chapter is the first half of 1973, and the fourth chapter is the first half of 2012, the fifth chapter is the first half of 20, 2144, and the okay. fifth chapter. Is the first half of twenty three twenty one, and then the sixth chapter is the second half of twenty three twenty one, and then you get the second half of twenty one forty four, twenty twelve, nineteen seventy three. So you end, you begin, and you end in the eighteen forty nine period. I, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, and it's, they it's they got that pretty close here too. Yeah, they, um, they set it off so well. I think yeah. I thought this was pretty much the best you could have done with something like this. It's hard, you know. People get scared about books being like uh talking about princess bride you know that thing was in like development hell for 15 years because everyone yeah. thought you couldn't adapt it that way yeah uh, um it's pretty amazing it's a tough adaptation since you've got a, it all came around well okay yeah. uh i don't have much more to say it, i guess except tom tom hanks is just beautiful in every single scene <laughs> yeah he is the standout he just goes for it and it just proves why He's such a a big deal because even when he takes on crazy stuff like this, he just handles it so well. Um, next we have Pacific Rim, which oh. I love so much. 
Beautiful. Um, I really, I really love the sequel too, almost I, as yeah, much. I, I um, like them both. I think they're both great for different reasons. Yeah. Like the second oh, yeah. one is very much just like y'all came back for some dumb, fun robots yeah. punching monsters, didn't you? We got you. Big shit. We got big shit. Let's, yeah. let's big shit this. It, yeah. The second one was so much fun. Uh, yeah. But the first um, one, yeah. Like, although the it's got, one, it's got that L, uh, that Del Toro nuance. Yep. Man, although the second one just... I fucking do not like Scott Eastwood. Who? Scott Eastwood. Oh, yeah. I think he's boring, and I think we're trying too hard to make him a leading man. He is the new Taylor Kitsch. Right. He's a good-looking dude who's kind of boring that we're putting in these roles. He is not the next Paul Walker Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, um, he's a weird guy. I haven't he's seen just, him in a lot. If but... his name, if his name was Scott Parker, he would not be here. Right, because he is the youngest he's son the, of Clint Eastwood. He's the son of Clint Eastwood. That's and like right. he's fine. He's handsome. He's fine. You know, put him on a CW show, whatever. But like, <laughs> make him not Earth like him as a leading man. Green Arrow. <laughs> now, like, well, I, I guess he's been used decently. Like I do no, think his, his I think his his like the way they use him in Fate of the Furious and uh uh Pacific Rim Uprising isn't terrible because it is playing right. off of how boring he is and how yeah. straight laced he is. But man, putting him against somebody like you know like a like a like a Tyrese or like a John Boyega just shows how yeah. boring that dude is. John Boyega is so fucking good. The scene where he's making his ice cream uh yes. his ice cream sundae it's so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a very interesting addition. I thought it, it worked pretty well. It is weird, like, why they decided, like, of course, Charlie Hunnam couldn't come back, but the fact that they also decided to kill Renko is interesting. Why Why couldn't uh, Charlie Hunnam come back? Oh, God, what was he doing? Was there a production thing? I, I thought so, or maybe he just decided not to come back because he's a weird dude. Yeah, um, maybe they couldn't, yeah, I don't know. Um, was it King Arthur? It might have been King Arthur. It might have been King Arthur. Aw. If, Char- if there's Charlie one... Hunnam is so strange because you know Charlie I can't Hunnam's tell if kinda, he's a good actor or not. Charlie either. Hunnam's kind of like Scott Eastwood. If I'm I know being that's what I'm honest. saying, it's like like he's, he's a pretty he has white a more dude. earnest. Yeah, he's but he has a more earnest, man. soft-spoken style that kind of translates I think better. Charlie Hunnam is closer to Paul because, like, listen, Paul Walker. Yeah, was not a good actor. Right, but Paul Walker had a charm and an earnestness yes. to him that made. And you I think believe. Hunnam's got that pretty close. I think Hunnam's got that, but he's got like only thirty three percent of what Paul Walker had. <laughs> uh, and well, that has a lot to do with the fact that he um, talks yeah. to producers like he should make changes because that's why they kicked him out of uh, 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 gray, uh, the gray, 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 seven shades, fifty shades of gray. Or whatever. He was in Fifty Shades of Grey. He was supposed to be Dorian Gray or whatever the guy's really? name was. I did and not he know was that. Like, well, well, he like a day or two in or a week or something. He's like, "Hey, a lot of this is crap. I made some edits to the script," and they were like, "No," okay. and changed it. Yep. Yeah. So you know, on one hand, if he did that constantly, that's why he doesn't get a lot of work. On the other hand, he did that to Fifty Shades of Grey, so I don't fault him. <laughs> Yeah, he probably was listen, actually trying to improve he's, it. He's, and he's probably like, no. right, but stay in your lane. Like, exactly. You, you have not gotten that right. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. like, it's yeah. hard to, like, 
it's hard to be on. It's like, side. listen, we understand where you're coming from, but this is like, it's an indig. This is indicative of larger problems down yeah, the just, line. Just don't, just don't take the film, bro. That's all I'm saying. Right. Um. Uh, I really like Uprising. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really don't like how they did Mako. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. That's, like, yeah, that's bad. That's I, that that's, wasn't a good that's, idea. That's uh, they shouldn't have killed her. That's like it's like, I'm like just flat out to to keep bringing it back. Uh, it's like what they did to Elena in Fate of the Furious. It's just like you didn't need to do this. This wasn't that's necessary. You it just is don't very wanna, refrigerator. You just, wanna, you just well, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. This is because it's yeah, like you are, he's already got a you know yeah. They they he's already got the ghost give... of his dad to deal with. Why yep. did like the death of his half adoptive yep. sister, who had all yeah, this like, baggage? Yeah, you, know, you kill that, her. That was the only bad part. You kill her and use her pain to give uh, 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 motivation the boy, to yeah. the male main character. It's yeah, it's bad. But he's already but has motivation. He's already with his there. Ghost dad. He's already there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, still pretty good. But the yeah, and the first one. You know the first one's really interesting edit wise because it feels like they there was a lot more that was trying to add to characteristics to think because here's a weird thing that's always confused me unless I just made it up meaning back me up uh, when the like rhinoceros style kaiju or whatever that thing was yeah. drowns the Russians yeah. and stuff in the theater when I watched it he's the the kaiju's laughing when he does that right I couldn't tell you it's been it's been a while. And since I've seen it, like, on TV, he's not. And I'm like, did I make that up? You probably made that up. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you made that up. That's weird. That Because I distinctly remember that being a change that I noticed. But, yeah, it might be in my head. Um, yeah. But to me, that also seems like a very Del Toro thing to do. And then they're like, yeah, that seems weird. We're just going to take that out. But, you know, why would you? I don't, I don't so, think, yeah, I don't think anybody cares that much to change an edit for, like, the FX broadcast. Yeah. Um, that would be curious, though. I guess I need to watch the, the Blu-ray I have. And if it's not on that, then I definitely made it up. Yeah. Um, so this is the only, next one is the only real, like, franchise franchise I guess we have on here. And that's Tron Legacy, because I feel like it's one of those that should be talked about more. It's not... Like, yeah, it's amazing, got completely forgotten it's about. Really good. You want to yes, know something? Yes, it has. You want to know Yo, something? Go the first it. try movie's fucking boring. It is. It's a little it's awkward. Very it doesn't boring. have. It doesn't have. It's not really going anywhere. And that's for not the most its part. fault because, like, of its time, you know. Yes. It's like it is very much like the first movie they've ever yeah. made like this. But uh, trust, legacy has some boy, depth, man. Boy, we have a theme here, my friend. Of. We have Taylor Kitsch, we have Scott Eastwood, and we have Garrett Hedlund, the kind of boring, pretty boy white protagonist who got his shot in one of these and didn't go anywhere else. Are they're all in? Oh, we're like, going of the movies you've talked about yes. so far. Like this is true. Remember it's... Garrett Hedlund? Of course you don't. Nobody does. Yeah, you know what? I totally forgot who the actor was. Yeah, even this. Jeff Bridges in Olivia Wilde don't remember Garrett Hedlund. They have the same exact face. Like, yeah. Kitsch and Eastwood. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I have a Jai Courtney movie on here. <laughs> oh, Jesus God. Then I would start Jai to realize Courtney. maybe I have some kind of weird deep seated issues. Your point now. And I'm Jai just like, oh, boy. Courtney. I forgot about Jai Courtney. You mean you don't have Terminator <laughs> Genesis on here? Or Suicide uh, Squad? So, or well, Divergent? Or yeah. I Frankenstein? 
Oh god, definitely not I Frankenstein. Um I thought about putting Genesis on here cuz I actually do like it, but it's technically a franchise and I don't think anyone wants to hear opinions yeah, on Genesis. Yeah, and it's technically garbage. <laughs> I don't know why I like it. I couldn't tell listen, you. Listen, I think listen. it's interesting. I um, think that's great. I would never I, I do not <laughs> I do not say that to criticize you for liking it. Uh I get it. But yeah. Oh, fucking Oh, never mind. I take it back. What I was gonna say was gonna be factually inaccurate. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Tron Legacy. Uh, great. And we great need soundtrack. More. Great soundtrack. Yes, da- we will... the first time people heard of Daft Punk for like four or five years, and then that's because when they did this, people were like, "Oh shit, are they gonna make a new album?" And then they did, and it was beautiful. It's it's weird because this like I'm like why. Why why haven't we gotten it? Because this movie made money. This yeah. movie made a decent amount of money. And I mean, I'm pretty sure we didn't get a sequel for this. The same reason why the first Tron didn't technically get a sequel. It's just well, they they think it's a good idea, and then they're like, Bleh. I don't know. I think it's because the first Tron didn't make much money. Like, the yeah. first Tron made decent money for the 80s, but, like, right. for what it would take... Like, it was so revolutionary, the technology wasn't there to make a new one because they felt like they needed to one-up themselves. Yeah. Whereas now, we kind of had it. But we kind of didn't, because, boy, that Jeff Bridges' young face did not work. <laughs> it, it worked about as well as a young... Uh... I think it works... Oh, shit, I, I'm a mess. I, I think mess all of up. the Marvel young stuff works way better. Yeah. Honestly, it, uh... it makes me wonder if the young Marvel stuff is what they've... Uh, like is the because I've always off said of this Tron technology. I, I've always said they bought some software that's let them age faces down, and that's what Marvel does yeah. so much. But yeah, maybe like Disney owns the software. Maybe they, maybe they uh they went with it. But like, like I think early on in the young Marvel stuff, like uh young Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War was iffy. But have you seen Samuel L. Jackson in the Captain Marvel stuff? Yeah, it looks pretty good. Like, it looks pretty incredible. Uh, but yeah, I, just, um, I don't so... know why we haven't had a sequel. Like, why not? Apparently, it's... in a Q&A session with, I think, one of the producers in 2017, he said it's not been scrapped, it's in cryogenic uh-huh. freeze. Oh my and they're god, thinking yeah, about looking at it. I, oh now they're no. thinking about adding Jared Leto to it, or rebooting Never mind. it with Jared Leto. Never mind, keep it in the trash can. Never mind. This is the monkey... Boy, let me tell you, that is the most monkey's paw. It's like, man, they should make another Tron movie, and the monkey brings down a finger on its paw, and it's like, it's going to star Jared Leto. No! <sighs> Jared Leto's weird. Jared Leto Jared sucks. Leto's... Yeah, I Jared guess. Jared Leto was good at one time. <laughs> that was a long time ago. The new, the new Before... the 30 Seconds of Mar- to Mars album is bad. It's garbage. It's so bad. It's I've garbage. heard trap music better than that, and you that know I hate trap. That Walk Water song is so bad. See, okay, I actually like that song. I hate, I hate everything that else song. from it. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that song. I hate the cover of the album. Cover where the it's just bad. Random. Well, they're all different, and it's always yeah. like... it's They always Weird. have like Kanye, Kim. There's one that just says Cowgirl, Doggy, Face, 69, Scissors, The Crab. Mm. Jared Leto sucks. Jared Leto had, like, good performances in, like, Fight Club and, like, American Psycho and Requiem for a Dream. But then we learned about Jared Leto and the type of person that he is. And it's just like, okay, like, a good performance isn't worth uh, sending used condoms to your cat co Yeah. Like, it's not worth it. So fuck off, Jared Leto. 
Jer- go away, Jerry. He's like, he's like a guy people. who doesn't know what's funny anymore. And like there are defends that it is funny. There are better people who could do just as good performances who will not psychologically torment their coworkers. And so go off. Is that why you haven't watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine? No, I genuinely keep forgetting he's in it. It's because I haven't watched the okay. first Blade Runner. We've been over this. That's fair. All right, I, uh, I need to watch that, and then I'll watch twenty forty. Because listen, I'm sure yeah. he's great in twenty forty nine, and I haven't heard stories of because him he's being a, a terrible person and yeah. like an evil godlike yeah. asshole. And, and I haven't heard <laughs> stories of him being a dickhead on the uh, the set of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I can only assume it's because Batista would break him like a fucking twig. Um, <laughs> Daddy and then there's there's a lot of stories about just this is again this is like you know there have been stories of Jared Leto picking up young women after concerts and yeah yeah uh but yeah like back to Tron uh, Tron um, Legacy is like Tron Legacy I like Tron Legacy isn't I don't think a great movie but it is a great extended music video if that <laughs> makes any sense. It's also like, like the last time Jeff Bridges was in a grumpy cowboy for like six straight years. Man, listen, Jeff Bridges <laughs> could be a grumpy cowboy as long as he fucking wants. No, it, it, I just always thought that was so funny. Yeah, because even he if done he wasn't a grumpy legacy, cowboy, he Grit, was a grumpy. R.I.P.D. Yeah. Um, Hell or High Water. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll and, ignore The Giver and Seventh Son. Well, Seventh Son, he just doesn't have a cowboy hat. But the Giver is like his most non-grumpy, growly self. Um, I really like the Ministeric Goats. I like that a lot. It's a Coen Brothers movie. movie. That's not. That's a. That's not a Coen Brothers movie. Okay, I was about to say, wait, that was a Coen. But yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. That's not a Coen Brothers. That movie is very Coen Brothers. He was a grumpy cowboy in Kingsman Golden Circle for the five minutes he was in there. He was. Have you seen? Have you seen that there's some ad campaign, I don't know who it is, but there's some ad campaign that's doing a Super Bowl commercial where he is reprising the dude. Yeah, okay, is that really what that is? Because I think everyone thought it was a, I thought everyone thought it was a um, a sequel to No, it's because they did the same thing a few years ago. It's because, here, there's a a link to it if you haven't seen it. Uh, It's because they did this exact same thing a few years ago with Matthew Broderick with Ferris Viewers Day Off, and they teased it before the Super Bowl, and everybody freaked out about it, and got a ton of buzz, and so people were like, oh, we should do that, because you have Macaulay Culkin in the Google Home ads reprising fucking Kelvin McAllister. That's what it is. Uh, Okay, because, like... I yeah. guarantee. And also, all right, because I did yeah. see that everyone lost their minds. Yeah, and, and also the date on it, two three nineteen is the is day the of the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, I didn't even think that in my brain. Yeah. I, the I, moment I saw that, I was like, "Oh, Super Bowl ad, cool." Which I'm fine. And with. everyone I'm, around you was like, "Sequel." No, I no, nah, there wasn't anybody around me. Like I saw really? it retweeted, wow. and I was like, "Okay, cool, Super Bowl ad." And I haven't really heard anybody else talking about it. Oh, huh, all right. Because I guess the folks that I follow on Twitter are also like, "Oh, cool, Super Bowl ad." Yeah, I, just, I only uh, follow idiots on Twitter. You do. Um, uh, but yeah, I follow like, you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, I stand by what I said. I know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, like I Tron Legacy. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The music's great. It's got a great style. Jeff Bridges is good in it. I can take or leave the story. I could take or leave Garrett Hedlund. Olivia Wilde does yeah, good true. with what she's given, but she's not given a whole lot. I would um, like. I would like a Jumanji style sequel reboot where it just Ooh. someone else Kevin getting lost Hart in and there the rock okay yes the rock in tron oh my god but, like for real though he'd be Listen, the first like we dark bit about, of data and they would lose their mind they'd be like what is this 
we keep talking about where the franchise can go. At what point does Luda in Fast and Furious just get zapped into Tron? <laughs> so what you're telling me is that Fast and Furious just needs to write to hire the writers from uh, Saints Row. Oh yeah, no, have I not told you that before? Fast no? and Furious is just Saints Row the movies. Yeah, it starts out. It starts out as this earnest, like weird taking itself too seriously thing that not many people are interested in. <coughs> and it turns into this self-aware, ridiculous, wacky thing that everybody yep. loves. Yeah, yeah yes. no, no, no. I've thought, yes, I have, I have, I can't believe we've never had this conversation. Yes. Yeah. For the moment I watched like all the movies, I was like, oh no, okay. this is Saints Row. This is 100% yes. Saints yeah. Row. All right. So, um, talking about, uh, self-important, taking itself too seriously. Elysium. <laughs> Neil Blomkamp's a weird guy. Man, we got know. tricked into thinking Neil Blomkamp's a great director. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, we did. Remember how we said that Ridley Scott's the best worst director? I think yeah. Neil Blomkamp might be the worst best director. I don't I don't want to give him title of, of best director but, like well, as a phrase like, in there. <laughs> well, because there's... There is flash... In every Neil Blomkamp movie, you can see the true. greatness there. It's competent, and sure. you can see where there's a good movie in there. Right. But then there's just not. Then there's Chappie. <laughs> then there's just lack of execution and just flowing yeah, in a it's, weird... It's weird, yeah. man. And here's like, the thing. So I personally like Alicia more than um, District 9. Um, I never fell into the... the high, I don't know what else to say. Hype. It's probably the wrong word. Yeah. The way people like District 9. And I don't know what it what it was. I, I guess part tell of you. it for it, me, like I, I remember, I saw District Nine because uh, District Nine. I was interested in in it when I saw the trailers, but like I didn't think it was going to be a huge splash. And then a friend of mine texted me and right. goes, "Hey, they're showing District Nine at midnight at the theater in Oxford. You want to go?" And I was like, "I got nothing else going on." So we went, and there was like twenty people in there, and they started at eleven because fucking nobody else was showing up. Yeah, and so I got like I was like one of the first people to see that movie, and I loved it. But I guess like I saw it in a vacuum where like all I'd seen was just a couple trailers, yeah. and I had a I, I came out of it just blown away, and then it kind of exploded. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. Elysium is better than people give it credit for. Yes, but I do it's too. just like, but it's still <sighs> lost on its. Yeah. Also, it, it, it's it weakens, also the plot is weakens just the, halfway through. It, it's the same plot as a Star Trek: The Original Series episode. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's the same plot. Um, I've seen that. Oh no, it's and it's like plot. you know, it's got parts of like Metropolis and all those kind. Of, it it yeah. is like a working class hero story yeah. through the lens like, of the distant future, which is uh, which is a lot like most of like which is a lot of working class hero stories we get. Um, yeah, um, it's like, very think, very Philip K. Dick, but a little yes. too actiony and not enough psychological yeah. stuff going well, on. It's 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 very Philip K. Dick without the like subtlety or self awareness. Um, that too. Like I feel like Neil Blomkamp is a great production designer. Yeah, and not a great writer and director because like visually, or he's a good like he's a good cinematographer and like like production designer because visually his movies look great all of the character design all of the weird sci-fi stuff he designs awesome it's awesome yeah. the stuff at the aliens in district nine is great like the 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 space stuff and elysium the robots and chappie they're all really good yeah but it's the whole character and story like you put diane word in your movie maybe we need to have a talk um yeah and i really what i really need to see from him at this point and I, it kind of makes me sad that they didn't go with him for um the alien movie 
is I want to see what he does with something that's not 100% his. Yeah. And um, have you ever heard of an anime called Ergo Proxy? I have not. So it's um, like thousand year dystopian future. Um, humans and robots are like indistinguishable, but then yeah. robots start having some weird unexplained virus that starts like killing people. Uh, they start killing people and robots start like dying crazy and and no one can tell who's human and who's not. They don't have the technology to do that. So yeah. it becomes like who's infected, who's not, who can you trust kind of thing. And it, I think that would be something that Blomkamp could really work with a yeah. style like that. And it's an anime that very easily could be a live action without fucking up. But then again, so was Ghost in the Shell. And yep. that's a uh, huge regret. Like, on my side for believing in it and mm-hmm. for it being made. <laughs> uh, like I, I saw people be like, "Oh man!" Like even after Chappie, people were like, "Oh man, Neil Blomkamp isn't going to get to do the next Alien movie." And it's like, I have no reason to believe that his next Alien movie would be any better than Ridley Scott's next Alien movie. I have no reason to believe that. I would like to hope it would it be might different, look cooler. But yeah, so he's because Alien now. Covenant is just Alien. Yeah, and so it's on like, and so forth. Yeah. We never um, actually get any information, any extra information from an alien movie, and that's what bothers me. Except for Prometheus, which gives you like two percent more information, but it's not the and information it's confusing. You, want, you don't and even it's know what to do as with hell. it. Yep, exactly. Uh, so the, his next movie is Greenland, and it stars Chris Evans. Yep. Uh, oh, but there is no, hope. but there is no details on the plot it's being held very close to the vet it's like it's the story of a family's fight for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster that's all we know oh see we'll get to snowpiercer in a minute (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah and like that's all we know but yeah like at least it's fine neil blomkamp i want neil blomkamp to bounce back because i think he's got so much potential but god he yeah he needs to write on some shit that because like the first like apparently only the last doing, like thirty uh, minutes. Yeah, only the last thirty minutes of Elysium is really bad. It's yeah, like he it, didn't know how to really end it where it yeah was not okay. An underwhel- underwhelming, I would rather say than predictable because I hate using that word when talking about stories. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just underwhelming. Yeah, uh, Jodie Foster is very good in that movie. Um. Oh yes. And apparently he's working on uh a RoboCop movie. Yeah, I, I heard about that. We'll see, we'll see if it they gets off the ground. Fairly recently, so okay. maybe maybe it'll be maybe it'll be what he does after Greenland because he likes to take breaks in between his movies. He is not in yeah. a hurry. Um, so we got next. What is a uh, yeah? Sure, we'll just yeah. move on. What were we gonna thinking. say? What were we gonna ask? Oh, uh, what uh, Charlotte Copley Copley is doing? If he's doing anything interesting? Oh, because he no, got he's... made because of District. He 9. did. He became a so, dude. Dude. Uh, he he basically. Neil Blomkamp is to Charlotte Copley as uh, Quentin yeah. Tarantino is to um, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, that's uh, not much. He's not really. Yeah, he's not this year. Uh, oh well. Also, speaking of <laughs> speaking oh, no. of nondescript white dudes who are kind of yeah. handsome and boring and were giving leading roles they didn't deserve. Remember Joel Kinnaman, who was the lead in the RoboCop remake. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes, but <laughs> oh my god, there's a lot. I didn't of go these. see. I wanted to see the RoboCop movie, but I didn't, it's... and I'm not bothered by that. Yeah, no, you shouldn't be. 
What was it's, Joel Kinnaman in that I would recognize? Oh, he was Rick Flag and Suicide He was in Suicide Squad. Squad. <sighs> Moving on. All right, so... Uh, He's in The Killing. That show was good. God, I'm really sad Valerian in the City of Thousand Planets isn't great. <laughs> it's... Like, I just want I, to talk about it. I don't... Yeah, it, I had... I had similar hopes because it's just like, yeah. oh, hey, look, he's doing sci-fi again. Yeah, it's like, oh, are we getting a, a non-related sequel, spiritual successor to yeah. Fifth it's, Element? It's, it's no. Luke Besson doing sci-fi again. Awesome. I'm in. Um, why is Rihanna here? <laughs> look, why not? I'm, well, my issue is not Rihanna acting. She did fine. But I think storytelling wise everything involving rihanna was not necessary yeah i felt like that's where it dragged she she didn't have to be in there and i think the story would have felt more cohesive yeah um, there's other there's other issues but yeah, i think like, she uh her inclusion was the biggest what i think, and that's not I, about her being think, a bad actress when i think Basan, i do not often think cohesive storytelling so i guess it's just like i just kind of it was what i expected you know? i guess so I mean, right. I, I get what you're saying, but uh, cohesion may be the wrong word, but it definitely, like, you could literally n- change nothing and just cut her out, and is the story Luke would Bassan, feel like it's moving forward. Is Luke Besson the most mediocre worst director? <laughs> you're just going to Because I'm looking through his, he, he has the fifth element. Yeah, he does. And the fifth element. And then element. he has, and well, no, he has element. the professional. The professional doesn't hold up very really? well, uh, especially okay. with the whole he underage girl there's thing. A, or... Yeah, there's a lot of like they had to cut out like entire chunks of the script that implied a romantic relationship between Leon and uh, okay. a very underage Natalie Portman that he wrote. Uh, I do think Leon's fine. right. So I'll give him the fifth element and I'll give him a half a point for Leon. And then we've <laughs> got All right. Arthur and the Invisibles. And then yeah. he loses that half a point because he made Lucy. <laughs> Lucy's interesting. L- Lucy, Lucy is, is garbage weird, in the, the fact best that way. It made, yeah, and it made so much money. I don't get it. I don't. I get don't it. either. Maybe the best. Maybe the best part of Lucy. It's God. That movie's so like Lucy is a great get drunk and have a bad movie night with friends movie. Because <laughs> yeah. they're the pinnacle of that. She is on an airplane and she has unlocked all of her brain and she has a glass of wine and she lifts it up to no one and says, to knowledge, and then drinks it. And it's the worst, dumbest thing ever. And I it's love weird. it. I love it. I love it. It's so bad. It's so nope. bad in the best way. And Luke Basson, and that is kind of Luke Basson. Yeah, um, and you know he's a screenwriter for the Taxi series, which is a big deal for other people more so than um, is like taxi. a French action. Yeah, it's a French oh, action series yeah, that's really famous movies. in France. Yeah, yeah. Um, it got remade into an American. What, no, it wasn't the. I it thought. wasn't the. Oh God, was that the 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 Queen Latifah? Uh, Jimmy no, Brown that was movie? Taxi Driver, and that, no, that I think was, was based off Taxi. something else. Oh, Taxi Driver. Was it? You're yes, it was. Of, it was the two thousand. I was say Taxi Driver. Yep, you're thinking yep. Martin Scorsese and. Uh, oh God, yeah, I just did that. My a word, very different movie. My word association <laughs> is bad. I'm sorry. It's no fine. One at me. It's fine. Don't at me. Uh, it's fine. Uh, God, I didn't realize that was a remake of a French movie. I just thought it was garbage. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have no DNA. The one time, it's kind of like the Fast and Furious, how it's like a. 
technically a remake of like a Roger Corman B movie because it's had the same name. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. Like, and also, I, the one time enough, uh, Brick Mansions, one of the last movies that Paul, Paul Walker. Walker did, was also a remake from yeah. a French action movie that I think Luc Besson had a hand yeah. in. And like, Luc um, Besson isn't so yeah. a terrible, he is a good action screenwriter. He yeah. wrote some of the Transporter movies, which are very fun, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, he did, he worked on Taken, which is good. Like, the first Taken, pay- very yeah. good. The first Taken's very good. Um, and then, yeah, he did Brick Mansions. He wrote Brick Mansions, which is fine. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, he just, as a director, he's got, like, I think Valerian is better than people give her credit for. I think it is fun. Yeah, I think it is ridiculous. I think in 20 years, Valyrian will have not as much of a devoted following as something like The Fifth Element, but you will have yeah. plenty of people that still love that movie and will champion it, that movie. It'll be like a lesser response to um, yes. uh, Speed Racer. Yes, but it'll be like, there. Like People yeah. will look back on it and appreciate it, what they did. Because I, like I really Dane. love a lot of it. I really I like do. Dehan, and I want him to. He's an interesting he's the, guy. He's the he's, best part of the Amazing Spider-Man too. He's like an anti-Taylor Kitsch, where like he fits that mold, but there's just something about him that you can. I don't. Feel he's it, got clearly feel him working. He's harder. got very sad eyes. Is that what it is? is it the, I don't know, but he's got very sad eyes. He also uh, looks like all those, the like, Lemony Snicket series he, fortune he event you characters know, mashed got, together. Boy, you know what he looks like. An evil elf? He, like a really young Steve Buscemi. <gasps> God, I can't wait till he's 40. Because <laughs> he's got those sad Steve Buscemi eyes. They look like they could pop out any moment. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I want to see him do more because I really liked him in Chronicle. Oh, and... he's 32 already. Jesus. Yeah, he was great in Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's and... right. So he has a young face and an old man's eyes. It's weird. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Life After Beth is underrated. But yeah, and I like uh, Cara Delevingne. She's fine. Yeah, she's... I don't think she's a great actress, but like, she's, you know, she's alright. Coming from the model world, she does better than others. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I don't know. It's a weird movie. I like it, though. It I, is. I enjoyed it. But I knew it was gonna bomb. I like Everybody's like, oh, it might have some trouble. <sighs> what are you talking about? Nobody's gonna go see this movie. I was nobody. I, I wanted it to, but like, I also listen, was like, man, yeah, I'm, I I'm wanted see it, it to succeed. It. I wanted right. it to succeed, but I knew that it wasn't going to. I knew this movie was going right. to. You just kind of get fair. that in your gut, where it's like, who is this for? Yeah, which is a bad yeah. question. I don't like that you have to ask that question. But when you're yep. marketing something to a large audience and you're trying to get millions of people to drop ten bucks on your movie, you do kind of have to ask that question. And sadly, if Star isn't in the title, people don't look at this stuff. Yeah. And I, and not even from like an audience standpoint, but from a production standpoint, you know? Yeah. It's no, like there's so much DNA of, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, this, John Carter, all those things, Dune, come yeah. from the same place. And they all give me roughly equal feelings, but not for many other people. Not, not yeah. for enough people where this makes $500 million and we get a sequel. Yeah. Like, you know? And this that is a, sucks. Like, a Valerian is a niche movie. And like, but like, I, I'm not going to like, that's a bummer for like me, but I'm not going to act like that's like a travesty because like, if most people aren't interested in this movie, I'm not going to 
blame it's them. Just, I'm not going to act like they're wrong. Oh, no. I'm not trying to blame anybody. I'm just yeah, saying it scares like, me into feeling like one day we yeah. won't get anything like this anymore. I, I, I don't Maybe. know. If, like, I think this movie, though, was just too... Luke Besson. Too Luke Besson. We'll st- we can stop there. Just too Luke, Luke Besson. Luke Besson is kind of the definition of getting too big for his britches. He thought he could. Uh, he thought he could spend two hundred million dollars on this movie and make his money back. This is the prequels. Oh. This is the Star Wars prequels. There was nobody there to say, "Hey, maybe don't. Maybe, yeah, maybe pull it back a little bit." Because I really think he could have probably done this just as well with like a Fifth Element budget. Yeah, and like yeah, that's ninety why... million. I think he probably could have done that thing, if he, he can't do it. Because like a movie like Lucy, which was not was, like a yeah, it was forty million dollars, but it doesn't look yep. like a low budget movie. But yeah. he wanted to go all out. He wanted to make the next Fifth Element, but with a yep. modern budget, and it was always it was destined to fail. Yeah, it really was. This is a bummer. All right, so um, knowing how to do budgets, though, we go to the World's End, which is ah. the final in the uh, Cornello trilogy, trilogy for Edgar Wright and. Nick Frost, Simon Pegg. Yes. Gonna go get some drinks with some buds. Yeah. And save the world from an alien invasion. Hey, hey, Jesse, did you know that all the names of the bars emulate things that happen in the movie? <laughs> just, you just made me think of um, Wormstrom from uh, Futurama. <laughs> Wormstrom, like, no one cares about like, your movie trivia. Like, that's the thing. Like, when everybody, oh, whenever this movie comes out, there's somebody that's there. It's like, uh, did you know that the the names of the... Yes, we know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody's heard that. Yeah. All the names that's, of the bar reference yeah. what happened to them in the bar. It's fine. It's so good. I love... I love Edgar Wright's writing style <laughs> so much. Yeah, him and, and Simon and Pegg, man, they just nail done. it. Uh, yeah. Like, this... This movie, like most of these movies... Mm-hmm. It's like a fun sci-fi romp on its on its surface, but like, boy, this is one of the most like, for lack of a better term, sobering looks at crippling alcoholism I have ever seen in film. Oh yeah, That's like just... this is a movie about self-destruction. Yep, and about how that affects those that you ostensibly care about. People people don't talk enough about the scene where um, Simon Pegg's character will not show his arms. Yep, and they do, and they realize he just got out of like a um, what was it exactly? It was like, like strictly for alcoholics, or yeah, because like it, it was a it was a health pl- yeah, it was yeah. a health clinic of some kind. Yeah, that like he had been there center. for months, and yep. he was like, "It's really good." <laughs> yeah, um, it's like and it's, it's easy suddenly to so serious, and yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing, incredible. It's uh, incredible. It's like how, you know, Shaun of the Dead is a romantic comedy wrapped up in a zombie movie. Yep. And uh, this is a this this is an intervention wrapped yeah. up in an alien invasion. Hot Fuzz is a love letter to American action movies wrapped up in a love letter to American action movies. Uh, <laughs> but it is my uh, favorite of make, the three. Make insert location great again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, the whole like Nick Frost is so good in that movie. This is, uh, I think, this is Nick Frost's best because this is the yes. most of him kind it, of it taking gives him over. The most to do, yeah, because Peg is busy floundering in yes. uh, emotional and existential like, uh, belligerence. Yeah, like he is like Nick Frost is uh, uh, is is kind of the protagonist of this movie. Like it is 
his emotional journey of Gary's emotional journey that you are following. I just realized, do you know all these guys' last names? How, like, fucking Canterbury they are? Yeah, King, Knightley, Prince, Chamberlain, King, Knightley, Page, Prince, Chamberlain, Chamberlain. Yeah, yep. yeah. Like, yeah. That's like great. The, like I didn't British even countryside. catch that. Yeah, that's so good. It's this. You know what? This movie is very Canterbury Tales in a way. Yeah. Um, when they talk about like what they did when they were younger and stuff and yep. dealing with all that stuff and the trek to the Holy Land, which is the world's in. It's very, ins- yep. I love it. Yep. Um, I forgot that Peter Serafanowicz is in this movie. Peter Serafanowicz needs to be in more <laughs> stuff because I forgot that he was in John Wick 2. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the sommelier in John Wick 2. He, he's just in random stuff. It's he's great. the tick. Have you seen him as the tick? No, I've not. It's on Amazon Prime. It's weird. It's great, but it's weird. Oh yeah, he's that guy in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah, man, he's got that face. He's got a very distinguishable, recognizable face. But and he's got a great like, like his voice is very like, which is why the Tick is so weird. Because the Tick, he's speaking like the Tick, so it's like a loud, brash American accent. Whereas he's got like the Benedict Cumberbatch like kind of low British growl. Yes. Uh Yeah. Um, also Pierce Brosnan in this movie is terrifying. Pierce Brosnan is very good in this movie. He's so good in in a very weird, weird, yeah. creepy cult like way. Um, it's a really good quick performance from him. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. Like Hot Fuzz it's... is my favorite. This is definitely this. I love Scott Pilgrim, but this is a hard this is a hard third. I'm gonna say this for, is a hard third for me for, for, for Edgar, Edgar Wright movies. Yeah. Um, Cornell, think... this is definitely number two, but. I think for me, for Edgar Wright, it's Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver. Yeah. This. Baby Driver's really close. Baby Driver, I feel like the only reason I don't rewatch Baby Driver all the time is because, like, maybe I don't want to hear Kevin Spacey threaten how he's going to ruin somebody's life if they don't do what he says. But that's not the fault of the movie. That is not yes. the fault of the movie. That is 100%. Like, I, I, I would, it's, the movie is still, like, one of the greatest movies of that year and is, is one of the best uh, action driving movies of all I, time. But I, I don't, friend. I can't watch, like, I can't, yeah. my, for my own sake, I can't yeah. watch that often. I, I have a friend who really, really doesn't like a single thing of how the uh, female, the main female character is written and used, and I can't really blame him. It's Because she's, it's yeah. bad. Like she's that's pushed the in a one weird thing way. you can say about uh uh Edgar Wright is he doesn't he just can't really write women. I feel like, like that's just what, what we end up saying to every, about every male director. Maybe maybe they should be better. <sighs> no, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying yeah. that. It's just I get when I get upset like this, it's I get upset over the realization, not the not yeah. trying to fight the like, fact. Because like what like what women have Edgar Wright written that are very good. Cause there's none in, cause like, as I mean, as, I don't think as, Ramona's as, bad. Um, like that's, I think, she's fine, but he's also working off of an existing framework. That's you know, like, he's not writing true. her as much as adapting her. Like yeah. what's her face in, 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 in shot of the dead's fine, but she is kind of the naggy girlfriend. Yeah. Like, you know, none, character none archetype. Yeah, at least none of them are like bad females. No, like, no, like none they're, of them. They're never terrible, but like they're just often kind they're of not, wasted without. Yeah, much they're to also do. not. They're not. They don't, also yeah. not interesting. They don't ultimately. have agency. Yeah. They don't have agency. They don't get to do the cool stuff. They're actually not a, in this in World's End. This is probably the woman with the most yeah, agency Rosamund he's ever Pike. written. 
Yeah. yeah. Rosamund Pike is the best one, probably the best woman he's I, probably ever I written. just saw I just saw Billy whatever and so I was like, Yeah, so he's dead. He's been yeah. dead for ten years. <laughs> like she's the one who figures yeah. out shit first, and that's yeah. pretty that's good at least. But yeah, like, that's right. the, the like the one actual complaint I would have about Baby Driver is yeah, the 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 woman in it is written very poorly. Like everything she does is like she's not a character. She is a a a growth that attaches herself to the main character who just does whatever he says and goes along with it without questioning anything. And then yeah. the Kevin Spacey stuff, but that's not the fault of the movie. Yes. What else? What we got next? Um, all right, so from grounded to as big as you can get, Godzilla. Fucking love this Godzilla so much. I enjoyed watching it in the theater. I rewatched yeah. it. That is not a <laughs> that that movie's not rewatchable. Huh. I've I've rewatched it about two, three times. I still really enjoy it. Um, it's still good, but when Aaron Taylor Johnson's a hard uh to keep up with because it's like ah he's bro. He's also like a pretty boy who's not very good. And... Yeah, I know. We're just listening. Man, uh-huh. so this is my problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damn it! But so the Godzilla, that Godzilla movie is great because it does a lot of the things that you get a regular Godzilla movie to do. Yeah, but the problem is those things include not much Godzilla and boring yeah. parts with humans of a story you don't really care about, which, which people refuse to know Godzilla. that that's what Godzilla is. That's what yes. Godzilla is, but that doesn't like that that works the first time. But I don't want to see that again if I'm rewatching it because it's like yeah I, think, I get it yeah. I don't care I, I want to see King the Godzilla of Monsters. Stuff. I think yes. King of Monsters is gonna do I think so, so much better. It kind like, of I came to. out of that Godzilla movie like that's exactly what I wanted it to be. I thought it was incredible yeah. how they teased they tease you so much on it. Yep. Like the, the the airport scene where it just cuts away and you see the fight His happening feet. on the TV yeah. in the background. It's great. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really oh. good. But, but I don't want to watch it again because you have yeah. to slog through the the boring human parts I don't care about to yeah. get to that stuff. So I have, I have a friend who's like, I don't want to say cynical, like he doesn't enjoy stuff. Um, but we watched this and, and he he was okay with it. He didn't like Taylor Johnson, but he was mostly bored through. Oh, oh God, Jesse, are you dead? Jesse? Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, you're good. Okay. That was all right. That's fine. You died. It's It happens. Where was I? Uh, the, your friend who's not cynical but sounds cynical, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, he, he's aware that he doesn't okay. enjoy things. Uh, that's, that's a if bummer. If I preface that. Sounds like yeah, a no, depressing-ass no, life. No, like, I'm not going to lay out all his uh, laundry. But, yeah, he, he's a good guy, but he is cynical. Um, and there's more to it than that. But, anyways... Um, so we're watching it, and then at the very end where Godzilla rips open the monster's mouth, he just yeah. says in the theater, he says, all right, now spit in his mouth. And then he does the <laughs> flame thing, and That's the look good. on his the look on his face That's so was good. like, oh my god, I've been proven wrong. <laughs> and that is one of the better moments that I've watched a movie with him. And that's, yeah. that's what I enjoy about keeping him around, is when that <laughs> shit happens, he admits when yeah. he just got like slapped in the face with something good. And That's so he good. was just like, all right, I was wrong. This, um, Ken Watanabe is so good and I need him in more Let things. He's fight. not enough thing. Let them fight. <laughs> Man, um, wouldn't it be I great if he was day, in Alita battle angel? That'd be, awesome. I know. Yeah. I brought that up. Don't you still did. For me? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listen, joking. I'm not saying this wasn't I'm your kidding. idea. <laughs> I'm just reinforcing it. Louder. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, 
So you can tell me it's bad writing if you want, and I don't mean you, you, but I've heard people argue. I still love that they killed Brian Cranston. I thought that was ballsy. A lot of people say it's like, you know, pull, I don't rug think pulled it's underneath subversion bad. bullshit. I, I loved it. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think they should have hung their entire left marketing us. campaign on Brian <laughs> Cranston. <laughs> Yeah, and then left us with Aaron and then left Taylor us with Aaron Johnson. Taylor Johnson. But <laughs> that's like that's the thing. It's like I I I don't think it's I I I I wasn't upset at the choice. I kind of felt like it was yeah. coming, but at the same time, I don't blame anybody for being upset that like Brian Cranston was those commercials. It that, was those he was whole he was, commercials of Brian Cranston. That's fair. That yeah. sucks. Um, and it's not it's the like filmmaker's killing... fault. And, and yeah. it, but it's not the movie's fault. It is the produ- It's it's whoever they hired to do the marketing. It's this their fault. True. I'm not yes. gonna blame the movie for that because I understand how shit works. Cool. Yeah. Like it's, um, not the it's like fault. it's, it's the like killing fault. off the rock and leaving us with Nick Jonas. Don't you put that evil on me? <laughs> Just Jumanji three. That's how that's gonna go. <laughs> oh, who who is in that movie? Danny DeVito. Nick Jonas? No, well, the new Jumanji. Jumanji movie. Oh shit! I don't know. I, I know it was announced, but I didn't. I feel like it's no thank Welcome people. to the Jungle, or I feel like it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. And, uh... What? And, uh, what? Those are two Dannys that I wouldn't yep. have, like, put together. <laughs> and, uh, Aquafina, who is the Yellow Ranger... <gasps> Aquafina! Uh, who, who is in Ocean's 8 and Crazy Rich Asian. She is in that. Yes, I love Aquafina. Yes, she's, she's great. She's awesome. She's very she needs good. More, needs uh, yes. to be more stuff. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, that's coming butter, out this butter, December, butter, butter. damn. Yep. Uh... So yeah, what we got after after the world's end uh, of Godzilla? <laughs> oh, so after the world's end of Godzilla. To say about Godzilla? That's how. Um, that's kind of. I, actually, I want to. I love this second. design the most. Uh, I like the design for Godzilla. He looks like a, a scaly back? bear. Have you ever taken a step back and looked at the summer of 2014 in film? Because no. it's fascinating. Because um, there were a lot of movies. Yeah. That opened with like ninety-five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh Captain America Winter Soldier opened to about to like ninety-five million dollars. I think the Amazing Spider-Man 2 opened to about ninety-five million dollars. Um Godzilla opened to about ninety-five million dollars. Same for X-Men Days of Future Past. Same for um Transformers. Same for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Same for Guardians of the Galaxy. It was just weird that that summer. Like all of those big movies open to between ninety and one hundred and five million dollars. It's it felt like it was all the same people going to see these movies every single week. Yeah. It was weird. Anyway, well, that's a better transition because you know what opened in the summer of twenty fourteen that What's didn't that? get ninety five million dollars. Ex Machina. Lucy. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're the same. No, they're not. They're not at all. Jesus. Ex Machina. So I, I have a weird thing with Alex Garland, as we talked about with um, Annihilation, but I thought he pretty much nailed it with Ex Machina. Um, I don't know. I and, and this is a dumb thing to say, and it's going to be arrogant, and I apologize, but I just, the whole way through, up until the end, I just expect more from Alex. He seems to really know what he's doing. And then for some reason, for me, near the end, I, I get lost. I'm like, wait. That's how you're deciding to end this? That's weird. Um, that's just me, and I'm not saying he's bad at all, because he is gathering nothing but momentum. Nothing but. Because, you know, 
Dread got him to. Yeah. Uh, well, he didn't direct the gateway. He just wrote it. Well, I was, I was fixing to say, Dread got him yeah. the gateway to direct his first movie. Yes. And Ex Machina was so successful for it. And regardless of Annihilation getting snubbed or how I feel about the end, Annihilation is fantastic. Annihilation. That, that journey. The journey of Annihilation. One of the best movies of last phenomenal. year. Phenomenal. It's so um, good. I didn't realize it bombed. That sucks. Annihilation only made 43 out of uh, 55 yeah. to budget. That's going to be. that. All right. So. I can't think of who that is in like the eighties, but that's probably going to be Alex Garland's legacy where he makes amazing niche, perfect sci-fi films that sci-fi film people are going to just love and never be like a hundred million kind of blockbuster guy. And I, I think, think that's fine. I think he's fine with that. I think, yeah, he's fine I can think that. of worse fates. Cause like you've seen, yeah, what like he that's can do not with a negative the, thing like, at all. You've seen what he could do with a low budget. Yeah. He's a sci-fi um, artur. Really, and, and um, so like he doesn't need big budgets. Yeah, and also one of the reasons why it didn't make that much money. Uh, yeah, Paramount only distributed in America. Everywhere else, they sold the rights to Netflix. So internationally, it was a Netflix or annihilation. Movie. Yeah, an annihilation. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because because it wasn't. It was. It's a very heady movie. It's a very, for lack of a better term, like an intellectual movie and. It Paramount was concerned that it was going to be too collect, too intellectual and too complicated. Which, um, if you really think about it, sometimes that kind of stuff is. Um, yeah. Um, Chris Chris Nolan gets away with stuff like that because he makes yeah. them big convoluted ideas. And um, so Paramount ahead. wanted them to change and make changes to Annihilation, but uh, the producer had Final Cut and said no, fuck you, and so did not make changes. But they'd clash so hard with the studio. The studio was like, "Fine, fuck it, Netflix. Here's the here's the international distribution." Um, and so that's why it didn't make uh very much money in the box office because it had no international box office. So it could have probably done well. It probably would have ended up probably around seventy million. Yeah, all told, maybe eighty. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think he does great with low budgets. I want him to be the guy that gets twenty, thirty million dollars to make something amazing. Like, yeah. look at what he did with Ex Machina with fifteen million. He won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects with fifteen million dollars. Yeah, because he made a smart ass decision, basically making that a bottle movie with yeah. all the all the budget going to the robot yep. look, and it was good. It was yep. smart. Like, what did he beat for best? visual effects uh he beat mad max fury road the martian the revenant and star wars the force awakens on mad max intense for me uh, i think mad no it's fine like Like, it's fine yeah i'm just saying i still give it to x machina like i think mad max had better like i feel like when you're mad max still won like all the other production it won all of the other technical awards yeah yeah. so that's fine i'm just saying like whoa that's even more impressive to me because this was the one it didn't take I feel like those those individual movies had quote unquote better visual effects than Ex Machina, but you have to take yeah. into account what Ex Machina did with what they had to work with. Yes, like that is absolutely something you have to you have to totally. look into. Um, also, Oscar Isaac's unrecognizable in this role, and it's really good. Yeah, um, Alicia Vikander and her big breakout before she bombed in a Tomb Raider movie. Oh, uh, Donald or wait, Gleason she didn't bomb. Never some... mind. That movie made two hundred seventy four dollars, seventy four million dollars. Never mind. Uh, what, Tomb Raider, yeah. yeah Tomb Raider's it, weird. It's I haven't I, seen it. 
I have neither seen it, I, but... and I am not going to because I just yeah, I'm not, not anything against it, I just don't care. Um, yeah. Donald Gleason's an interesting dude. He is. He is. Fucking Bill Weasley from Harry yeah. Potter. Wait, was he actually? He was Bill Weasley. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. At the very I, end, I did that not know that. His, yeah, that yeah. was his breakthrough, basically. <laughs> he was also in Dread. Yeah, I guess that's where he met up with uh with Alex Garland. Yep. Was he in Annihilation at all? No. Oh. And he, he was, was one busy. of the brothers. He was too busy Mo- doing Peter Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was uh he was in Mother, which I think is a pretty Oof. good movie, but got a lot uh, of problems. Uh, uh, we'll do that later. Uh, um. Darren we'll Aronofsky do it later. Sucks. Oh man. Darren Aronofsky's Jesus. a good director, but a bad person. Like many good directors are. He he gets by on the auteur theory of it's fine if men like him are shitty to people around them because art. I actually don't know stories about him. What's he done? Yeah, to he kind of sucks. But like that. everyone like that. That's the thing. Everyone like that is like that. That's why the auteur theory needs to be thrown out the window because people just use the people just use the term auteur to justify being terrible to people around them. Looking yeah. at you, Dan Harmon. Looking at you, uh, um. Oh God! Why can't I remember his name? Why can't I remember his name? Like the the best act. What's his name? D- D- David Daniel Day Lewis. Who is you, Daniel Day Lewis? Who is you, Jared Leto? <laughs> Not looking at you, Alex Garland, because you're cool. Yeah, I think Alex Garland deserves the definition of our tour. Uh, yeah, like in I think that, that's what he makes. I think that's what it's supposed vision. to be. It's supposed think, to be, but it's not. Like it's been co-opted yeah. to mean shitty. Like I, I just I don't care about auteur. Like, but here's the thing: I don't know if like, like he's probably an auteur, but like I don't know. There seems like there's enough collaboration in his shit. Like he just has a he has a good vision, but that doesn't mean that he is like tyrannical to where everything has to be his singular vision. Yeah, because like. When when the when Paramount was clashing against Annihilation, it wasn't Alex Garland that was fighting them. It was the producer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I man, Ex Machina gave us that one scene of of uh, Oscar Isaac dancing, and that thing goes with any music. You slap any music <laughs> over the top of it, and it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to Edge of Tomorrow. Live, die, repeat. Whatever you want to call what it. A- Good. Listen, it could be worse. They could give it. A, they could have named it its original name. All, All you, you need, need is, is kill. kill. All, All you need, need is kill. Because kill. they, because uh, Japanese love yeah. to not understand yep. uh, English words on purpose. I think. Yep. What a good movie. <laughs> what a yeah. good good movie. It's really good. It's really good. Um. What has that director say about- done since? Oh, he did yeah. that Tom Cruise movie. Tom Cruise movie. You the one did Oblivion? No. Oh, American Made. American no. Made. He did Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And Jumper, which Jumper's oh, he did. interesting. Jumper's not great. That's weird. He did... Sw- oh, I didn't realize he is like... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He's been okay. around for a while. Yeah. He has been around for a while. Uh, he did Born Identity. Apparently, they're making a sequel. What are um, they making? A sequel to Edge of Tomorrow called Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. Which is <laughs> another bad repeat. name. Um, it's whatever. It's can't it's, figure out names for it, but uh, yeah, who cares? I love so time good. movies. Just time manipulated movies are awesome. Yeah. It's Groundhog Day with fucking yep. aliens. Fuck yeah. Yep. Let's go. How could you not want that? 
And here's why the sequel's going to be made, because this is a Christopher McQuarrie-Tom Cruise joint, and those movies that Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise yeah. were attached to get made. So 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 he convinced he convinced McQuarrie, hey, will you uh, make a sequel to this? He convinced awesome. McQuarrie just to jump on his back, and it's like, let's yeah. go. It's us. Yep. Despite, yeah, and it sucks, because... So my sister has met Tom Cruise, and he's a generally nice guy. I really hate that he's uh, crazy and uh, he's like yeah, terrible for a Scientologist. His, like, well, I mean, also like, job. I mean, he's also, you know, there's a reason why Katie Holmes and Nicole Kidman got as far away from him as they fucking could. I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of Nicole Kidman coming out of the uh, the courthouse after finalizing her divorce with Tom Cruise. It's one of the. It's got some energy in it. It's one of the most like happiest I've ever seen a person. Uh, like I have no doubt he's crazy, but I don't was is he abusive? I don't think he's I mean, he's not like physically abusive as much as he is like emotionally controlling yeah. and manipulative. Like I can he, believe that. He like, oh, you don't you down, I thought you'd understand which, like, me. I thought you'd yeah. blah, 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 that which kind of stuff. Is, I like, get that, sure. As bad if not worse than just slapping somebody cuz like then you're yeah. like cuz physical scars can heal, but when you're getting yeah. in somebody's head, yeah. No, but, that's but, fair. Um, but here's the thing. Yeah. I also Really like watching Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. Uh, and again, like, so my sister is a photographer in New York, so she's yeah. met a lot of people of, like, Tom Cruise's caliber. And she still says his day. This was, like, 10 years ago. She met him, yeah. and he was really nice. She even thought to herself, it's like, yeah, he's really nice, even though I know he's crazy. Yeah. He, uh, like, he went like up he to her. Like, like yeah. he stopped himself mid-conversation with somebody else, walked up to her, and goes, hi, I'm Tom. Mm-hmm. Like, like That's so how... he's... Yeah, but like that's how he's able to get like he, get away he with is, shit. I'm sure, or and also get people who should know better to like buy his shit. Like it's yeah, he is just so aggressively. He's always smiling and like he will walk. Yeah, like I've heard stories like that too. He'll walk up to you. He'll shake your hand. He'll like remember your name. He will mm-hmm. like if he saw your sister tomorrow, he will remember her name. Probably, yeah. but like, and I think that's a I think that's a but, mental thing. Like a, oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. a mental like, issue that he probably has that mental, he'll never... No, I don't think that's a mental issue. I think he knows what he's doing. Because that's how you're able to get people to go along with you. Even like That's how you get people to think that you're not as bad as you are if you want to be shitty to them later. Because it's like, Maybe. oh, he was so nice. That's like a manipulative thing. Like Whenever you meet somebody like that who is so aggressively nice and like I'm going to like try so hard to like, I'm gonna remember your name and go out of my way and this and that and the other... There's like a 50-50 chance they're going to try and fuck you later on. And like like you know, theoretically, you know, abstractly fuck you. Yeah, like, I think literally. I just think you can you can feel the difference between like oh, yeah. this nut job doesn't know how bad they are in other situations to and someone who like oh, you're just going to fuck with me later and I know. Yeah. And I you think know there's how, a difference and you know that how I bad think, you are and you know what you're doing and that's Tom Cruise. Yeah. I don't I don't Tom think Cruise it is. I think doing. he's crazy. I no, think he's yeah, I don't like, know. Tom Cruise is like, yeah, he's probably mentally ill in some way, but that doesn't excuse I'm not saying being, excuse it. I, yeah, I'm like, just saying he It doesn't justify or like like yeah, yeah like he's I'm he's, saying he's got some mental illness it's not but pointed like, out enough and people aren't brave enough to tell him yeah. that he's got problems. But yeah, I because think he, has, he like, genuinely doesn't think people. he's causing issues, and that's that is not. the problem. Abusers never huh. think they're abusers. That doesn't mean he's mentally ill. That just means he's an abuser. Well, okay, so well, so when what you when you tell me um, that he knows he's gonna like fuck somebody over later, and yeah. he's just being nice to him to do that, to me, that's an abuser knowing they're an abuser. Yeah, that's what I said. So, he so is. I'm not. 
He I is, thought you just a, said abusers no, don't know they're abusers. Or excuse me, abusers. Uh, they know they're abusers, but they justify it. They okay. They see, find see, and a I way think there's make it okay. All they right. find a way to see, make that, it like rational. That makes rational. sense than what you just said a, a yeah. second ago. Yeah, and that's like, what I was thinking. Like, but like, here's the thing: I don't think he's like an abuser to everybody. I think he's a guy with a lot of power that knows what he can get away with. I like yeah, the maybe. abusive stuff is more like his family and like the close people yeah. around him. But like, okay. You know, he can shut. He can. He could shut anybody down at any point. Like you cross Tom Cruise and you're done, because he's one of the most powerful people in the entertainment industry. And guys like that are always the nicest because they want to get you in a false sense of security. I love the reverse of that. They want you to forget yeah. how powerful they are and how they can just end you like that. I love the reverse of that for um, uh, Keanu Reeves, and I hope he stays yeah. that way. <laughs> Talking about um, someone yeah. <laughs> saying, yeah, you... it's really hard for women on the set. And he's like, did somebody do something? I can get them fired. Yeah, I will get them like... fired. Yes, Tom Cruise is the Which... er... Yes, Keanu Reeves is the opposite you know what, of Tom You know Cruise. what hurt me? Like, physically hurt me? Um, watching Neon Demon, which is um, an Alexander Weffrin, uh, Winding Refren movie. The guy who did uh, oh. Drive and Nicholas. Only God Forgives. Yeah. Um yeah. Neon Demon is is weird and it's about um it's very uh uh Black Swan and um I remember that, that movie. Kind of Does stuff. that one have Tilda Swinton in it? Yes. Okay, yeah. I think. Actually you say it not <laughs> Most of but, his uh, movies have Tilda Swinton in it if we're being real. Right. Um I'm trying to think of the other movie. But, no, it's uh, Elle Fanning and... Yeah, yeah, that's okay, it. Okay, yeah. Um, Jenna Malone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keanu um, Reeves, but Keanu, Yeah, so Keanu Reeves is in it as basically a very mean asshole hotel owner who su- is suggested to be a rapist. And I'm like, Keanu, no. <laughs> like, don't play rapist, Keanu. I can't My handle son... It. <laughs> Yeah, it's like my my father. Yeah, <laughs> let's be my honest. Daddy. It's our it's our dad. My dad's <laughs> not a rapist. You keep Keanu's name out your mouth, right? Uh so that was kind of hard for me. I'm like Keanu. Yeah, I love that you're in here, but don't be a rapist. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But uh, they say he can't act. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Edge, Edge of Tomorrow is so fucking good. It, it is so good. It's so good. The action is great. Like, and here's the, the thing, styling, Like, Here's the thing. Tom Cruise, not even, like, Ed, or Emily Blunt is the best part. Of, like, Emily Blunt yes. is the best part of Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, like, she is. Oh, I forgot when Bill you wake Paxton up, come was find in me. that. Oh, man. Oh, Bill Paxton. Oh. Interesting mm. guy. The stuff he's been in. Also, man. I mean, if you really want to justify... Um, Edge of Tomorrow, you get to watch Tom Cruise die multiple times in different ways. Bingo. If you want, if you really want to like sate your your soul, yeah. wash your hands clean. Um, so let's go on with Arrival. Oh man, the the psychoanalysis of of Arrival is beautiful. The setup, and Denny Villeneuve's my man. Like as soon as I saw Arrival, I came out of Arrival, and the first thing I thought was. Blade Runner is going to be one of the best movies of this decade. Yeah. And it was. (laughs) It's probably Mikey put it best when he was like talking about how, how uh, it's, it was awful that Amy Adams didn't get nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Cause she literally has to portray human emotions that don't exist. Yep. And also near the end, the back and forth where like all this flashback shit is really in the future. Like, fuck. Yeah. It's, 
That's like, spoiler so alert for Arrival. But like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it coming, and it blew my mind. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Like, no clue. Um, it's so good. Uh, it's one of the best. Is it still linear storytelling? I guess when you splice in something like that ha- through the story, is that still considered linear storytelling? Mm, I don't, don't want to. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But I don't think it matters. Yeah. Well, well, well. My my point is, it's it's one of the best, if not like almost strictly only yeah. films I've ever seen tell a story in that yeah, kind of sequence. Yeah, I think that and would that, technically be non-linear storytelling. And you know, it was like, done. It's like a Tarantino. Yeah. It was done so perfectly. Like, I don't think you could have could have seen it coming. There's no way. I don't think so. Um, Man, what a good movie. Yep. It's trying to say do-do-do something. I don't know. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's psychological without being too psychological. It's got time stuff in it. My favorite. Yeah. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. But, like, it makes sense, and it's so hard. Like, it's... It, yeah. Even Most the intense people, thing with the Chinese general at the end or whatever, yeah. like they they really push that yep. home near the end. And like, most um, people could still not. Works. Most people couldn't nail this story. It's just such a complicated story to tell. Yeah, Denis is like, man. They he's so good. <sighs> Denis is my man. He's only he's got sweet. one movie that I think is like kind of a miss, and that's Enemy. I still haven't seen Enemy, but I want to. Yeah, because, um, like, Prisoners is amazing. Sicario's great. You know what yep. sucks? What's that? The sequel to Sicario. <laughs> My friend told... A friend of mine's told me about about it, how, like, they double down on the, the misery and there's no beacon of, of helpful anything in it. It's just brutal. Also... Brutal, brutal. Also fucking racist. Like, it is, is just it? straight up, like, make America great again. Fucking terrorists are coming in over the Mexican border. Yeah. Oh. Like, like people, like, in that movie. I didn't movie, even think about like, that. That's not a good idea. In that movie, there was literally a whole plot point where there's prayer rugs. There's Muslim prayer, prayer rugs left at the border. You know, there's terrorists coming through. And in the past few weeks with the wall talk, people have been using that as, like, there's prayer rugs at the Muslim border, at the, at the Mexican border. That's why we need a wall. Even though that's oh, not a thing. God. That's only from that movie. But it's but fucking racist people have been using that as an example of why they should do shit. That movie is terrible. It's a disgusting sequel. Everything about it's awful, and it like it's so it's so it's so mad because the first Sicario is so good. Yeah, yeah, it's such a bummer. It is they dump all over that movie. Shit. But yeah, I I'm still gonna see it at some point because I want to. But God. Yeah. yeah. Listen, you are you are better than I. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go around using shit that's in this I mean, movie, I whether it's good just, or bad. <laughs> that is... uh, I wonder when we're going to see... Okay, so I guess Dune is going to start filming later this year. So we'll probably um, get it late 2020, early 2021. Yeah. Didn't it have, like, an initial release date already, but now it's... Uh, it's TPB right now. It's They're planning on filming in the second half of... the second. Oh, no, it's, it's said to start uh, the second quarter of 2019. So it might come out mid-next year, late next year. Yep. Uh, got Stellan Skarsgård in it, along with Batista. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, Arrival, it's just... It shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have worked. It's, it it's really... one of those that I'm... I'm very curious of the production history on it because it feels like this should have been something that 
has been thrown around for years that yeah. people wouldn't believe could be made into a movie. It feels like one of those things because it was a short story too. Yeah. So called, uh, story of your life. Yeah. Um, and that guy apparently was like a, ling- a linguistics professor or something. Yeah, Ted Chiang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so no, uh, Denny found the arrival script or something like that. He so he grabbed it. He wanted because yeah. he's like it felt perfect to start doing uh, yeah sci-fi. So that's really cool. Because this yeah, because that was like his first sci-fi movie. Because yeah. like. Prisoners so people in Sicario are very yeah. Because yeah, I think of him now as a sci-fi director, but Prisoners in Sicario are very like down yeah. to earth, like very you know. Enemy is a little because uh, it's like psychological like doppelganger, right? yeah. like psychological stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I want to watch that at some yeah. point too. Man, um, yeah, I love Arrival. It was my favorite movie that year, uh, and it has everything to do with like the last thirty minutes is so well done. Um, so we're going to move right on to Snowpiercer. Yes. I love Snowpiercer so much. Snowpiercer is one of the best. Very good. It is a tight knit, like it, it is also a very down to earth setup thing because of it's all like through the cars, but it, yeah, it's, it's big a, it's scale in the fact that this is all of humanity that's left. Yeah. Um, and it's brilliant. It really is. It's based off of, um, I think, a Korean graphic novel. I think so. Because um, it was, because it was, uh, the director is a French, Korean director. A French graphic novel. Because uh, um, the director's Korean. Yes, but it was a Korean It's the guy uh, who did, it's yeah. Bong Joon-ho, who yes. did Okja and The Okja Host. is awesome. The Okja Host. is so good. Okja is a uh, Netflix uh yeah, movie like you see it off it's of Netflix, weird, and it is like Netflix the like, most fucked up, thing. dark Miyazaki it's something. movie. It it's really a Miyazaki is. movie with really like fucked up, real world yeah. consequences. It's amazing. Oaks is awesome, and I I want to look for his, his stuff. His earlier stuff is a lot more intense, though. Um, yeah, he did the, the host. host. Is... Yeah. I watched the host. Yeah. Um, the host is very good, but the friends I watched it with, we just kind of MST3K'd it because the host is very good. It's also very ridiculous. Yes. Uh, a lot like the host is very well done, but a lot of it's very like 2006. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, and he's done a lot. He did a lot of crime dramas in Korea yeah. first. Um, it was a big deal. But yeah. yeah, fucking Snowpiercer and Okja are great, and um, he's doing something called Parasite. I wonder if that's like the anime. Parasite? Is it I don't know. Anime called Parasite. I don't know. But um, either way, I think whatever he does next is going to be pretty damn good. But Snowpiercer... So what's crazy is how I saw Snowpiercer was actually in um, my introduction to film class. Yeah. Uh, is the guy who... Um, our teacher... I can't remember his name, but he was a screenwriter... On the True Blood TV series for a while, the first like oh. two or three seasons, and they got to um, teach a film class. Ah, <laughs> um, the look, the first like three aren't bad, and then it gets really, really, really got bad. Em. Um, damn it. Uh, so, but he, what we did is we watched a bunch of uh, black centric films and black exploitation films, and the last one we watched was Snowpiercer. 
and he basically pulled a uh, time to kill speech on us and was yeah. like, now imagine if all these characters were black. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was pretty smart the way he set yeah. it up. Uh, but I loved Snowpiercer for everything else added to it. It's it's a weird ass, definitely like manga style with like Tilda Swindon is a manga character, is an anime character. She's crazy, the weird like oppressive, uh, matriarch kind of thing. And then John Hurt is great in just dying in this for no reason. It's, yeah. it's a we can't go back story. We can't yeah. go back ever. Like mankind can't go back from the freezing shit, and then we still can't go back from when they start this rebellion. And it's, and it's also like it's it's about like the only way to fix inequality, the only way to fix the system that you're yeah. in is to blow it up and blow it off the tracks. Yep. Like you can't fix the system. You can't fix mm-hmm. the society we're in. If you want to fix it, you just kind of got to blow it up and start over. Yeah. And you know what I really like about um, this is how it treats its people and characters. Um, did you know that, you know, that really tattooed up younger guy who um, yeah. was like uh, John Hurt's valet or whatever? Yeah. John Hurt confirmed that they were lovers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. That, but yeah, like, so that's like. And I they did, you know, cool, never brought it, it up or needed it, it to be like a thing. But it didn't on screen, so it doesn't count J.K. Rowling. <sighs> like, it's cool, but you can say a lot after the fact. If it doesn't have, like, it's cool. Like, I give you credit for it, but if it doesn't happen on screen, you get, like, you get partial credit. You get 33% credit. Well, see, I thought they were strangely more intimate than suggested. Because, so, so, so explain to me, like, the difference between, you know, not saying it and treating it like... It's every other thing. Like, you still have to say I mean, it, just don't make how, it a big deal. I mean, I don't know. Treat it like you do every straight relationship in every movie. So, like, just because they didn't kiss, I guess? No, I mean, like, listen, it's, it's. I don't know, you could have done something. You could have had, like, a shot of them, you know, saving each other and embracing or holding hands well, or something. Well, it would have been very easy to put a two-second shot in there to get that across. Well, see, I, but, I thought they, they did. Well, I thought they did, um... When they first bring him up, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you're clearly the the badass guy. You got to go up front." He um holds the back of um, John Hurt's hand head, and he leans in, and they like they touch foreheads, and they like hold each other like that for a couple seconds. Yeah, and, and then, like, listen, that's the last that's, time he leaves. Yeah, and that's like a cool thing. And I'm not saying that that doesn't get it across. I'm just saying I don't know, like uh, don't done don't more, I don't, guess. don't hurt your hand patting somebody on the back for uh, for saying something after the fact. That, you know, if it's left up to, like, it's left up to interpretation in the movie. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's fine. But I'm not going to give somebody credit after the fact for being like, oh, we left this up to interpretation, but actually it's this. Like, no, you left it up to interpretation. Mm. Like, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's fucking J.K. Rowling. I guess Dumbledore's gay, but we're never going to act like it. Well, that's that's not as bad as that. That's not as bad as that. That's a, that's a more extreme example. For like strictly for me personally, it actually confirms suspicions for me because I yeah. did strongly feel like that. So uh, that's and that's fine. Really like, I don't think it's up. an inherently bad thing. I think it's cool yeah. that that they do that, and, you know, and that they have that they got it across. But like, all I'm saying is, I'm not gonna pat him too hard on the back for it. <laughs> 
I will pa- I will pat John Hurt on the back too hard for anything. I will John Hurt. pat John Hurt <laughs> on the back for anything else, but not too hard. Not too hard because I, you know, or you know, not. I'm not gonna pat him now because well, he's dead. But then I wouldn't pat him too hard because I wouldn't want to kill him because he was very fragile. <laughs> this is all. This is all fair. Um, let's talk about how easy and wonderful Ed Harris is. Uh, you just don't understand the way the world works, boy. Character. Yes, that's all he plays, and he's so good at it. Um, yeah, he's kind of he's pretty much that in Westworld as well. Yeah, no, he yeah. is. Um, he's. I I like it though. That's a great villain thing um i would love a western with him and uh and um let me get the actor i'm so sorry damn it i wish it was easier uh charles dance oh yeah i want i want them to be (laughs) i want them to be the old guys on either side of like this big like gang war in a western that'd be so good like the like the patriarch daddies is like you can't go do that boy and like i got to <laughs> i want a good western like that again i don't think we've had one in too long has there been a western as good as 310 to yuma since 310 to yuma because i think that was the best last western i could be wrong i mean do you not like 310 to yuma no i do i just think it depends okay. on like are you talking about like a western ass western because i think hell or high water is a good western that's true. But it's not so, a Western Western. Western ass Western for sure because I also, um also you're true right, Hell or High true Water grit before after three ten to Yuma Yuma? It was. It might have been. It was it was. Three ten to Yuma okay. was two thousand seven. Oh wow. It was older yeah. than I thought it was. Uh True Grit was damn. And cause True Grit was twenty ten. So yeah, alright. Anything since True Grit. <laughs> um I guess Westworld's about as close as we get, and that's definitely a mixed bag of Western I like the first season of Westworld, and then, I haven't seen the second. How bad? What does it do? I don't know. It's not anything specific. It's just like a me okay. thing. Uh-huh. I don't get off to watching like, and this is weird. Like I don't know. It's like a thing. It's like I don't. I don't enjoy watching yeah. wanton murder in TV shows or movies. Uh-huh. And in the first season of Westworld, it's like, okay, it's fine. The The robots are getting hurt, but they come back and all the bullets don't work on people. And then, the, and then at the end of the first season of Westworld, in the beginning of the second season, the bullets super duper start working on people. And so there is just like a whole plot. Right. Of so it's like the they're robot just going around. They're just going around and murdering the shit out of all the people in the park. And it's like, I mean, I understand what you're doing. You're not wrong. You're killing greedy capitalists. And that's never a bad thing. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I wasn't looking for this type of left turn in the series. Yeah, see, I kind of liked wondered. how there wasn't that, like... Yes. You know? I guess it was always going to lead to that, though. Yeah, it always um, was, but, you know. I, I I was always curious. I still... I, I actually forgot season two was out. I really do want to see it at some point. Uh, it's also because I don't have HBO anymore, and I gotta grab that back because uh, my parents canceled it without telling me. <laughs> How dare they! Um, <laughs> so we're gonna end this off. I guess the only way we could, since you haven't seen um, Blade Runner, but the very next best thing is Mad Max Fury Road. It, it is. is. It's one of the best movies of the decade. <sighs> 
I will just be arrogant and say this is my movie. I love it so much. Yeah, I, it's very good. Oh. It's so it's it's amazing. Like it is It is everything I love in film. Yeah. It really, really is. It doesn't overplay itself. It doesn't force anything. It just goes and it still takes time to breathe in necessary parts. Um it's some of the best pacing, I think, in action films let alone films period like it's a little faster than no country for old men but it's a lot slower than like fast and furious but it has little bits of both of those atmospheres in different ways yeah um i would say it's faster i i would say there's more like it's more balls to the wall than any fast and furious movie because like it it only takes in, in like parts well, I mean, like, I think for most of the movie, like probably what twenty percent hmm. of that movie is stopping to breathe, and eighty percent is like because, like he said, like I want this to be one big chase sequence. car chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess like, so. I think, and that's what, not a bad what, thing. That's not a criticism. It's awesome. It, but like, yeah, I yeah. think that movie is more balls to the wall than just about yeah. any action movie we have ever seen. All right, here, here, here's what I got out of it. Um, the presentation is, but I think how it's shot and filmed feels slower. Yeah, than, it's more like, deliberate. Yeah, um, it's, there's it's longer more shots, there's wider shots, um, and then the close-ups also still take time to breathe. I think it yeah. has a lot to do with editing. It's edited more open than a Fast and Furious movie, and I think and that's what I it's ultimately edited, mean. And it's because it's edited by someone who is not a, a an action movie editor. It was edited by George Miller's wife, and he very yeah. specifically chose her, because they were like, why don't you get an action movie editor? And he said, because then it would just look like any other action movie. Yeah, and that that's what I love. That yep. I and and that is a style just from the eastern hemisphere, I'll say since to 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 make this work since he's technically Australian. Cuz Japanese action films and uh, yeah. Hong Kong action films let shit breathe forever. Yeah. Um I just recently watched um a Takeshi Miike film called Blade of the Immortal. Yeah. It's about 2 hours 10 minutes. There's probably only about 30 minutes where there's not blood and blades going everywhere, yeah. but it's just like hard. It fight scenes are like stomping through the mud where it feels exhausting, but earned and it still goes and goes. But, but it's not cut. Like after every time he swings the sword, it doesn't cut to a different angle. Like it probably oh, would wow. in America. Yeah. 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 There's, I don't know, dude, the court, the, choreography in almost every Japanese like sword film um they just take forever with one shot um and that came from Kurosawa from the yeah. very early stuff where Kurosawa would do an entire sword fight with one shot and stuff like that um and I think that's way more of an eastern thing than a west than a like a european and an american thing and I yeah. love that style and I appreciate it that something like Mad Max, who probably, you know, anyone else doing a car movie, like, you know, using Fast and Furious is, I think, a pretty good example. They just wouldn't think to do that, or yeah. producers wouldn't feel like that's the right decision. Because, man, George Miller was like, was, said, fuck the producers on this shit. <laughs> he got yeah. Cirque du Soleil people to go do secret scenes. <laughs> yeah, that they explicitly <laughs> told him not to do. Yeah, don't do that. I'm like, I'm 78 okay, and I okay. did Okay, okay, I hear you. Listen, I hear you, I hear you, and I see what you're saying, but, but, <laughs> what if I did that? <laughs> um, Let's stick a pin in it and go fuck yourself. I already did it. I already did it, actually. Sorry, yeah. 
So when I asked if it's, I could, it's because I have it right here in my hands. Yeah, it's, it's better stuff. to ask forgiveness than permission. And boy, let me yes. tell you, I, you, you better have a lot of forgiveness. <laughs> the and movie's I think, done. I and think it took with two like, what, eight awards and $400 yeah, million, like, dollars, he it's did like The job. movie's done. It took two years and $100 million more than it was supposed to. But it, if I may quote the great tenacity and the pick of destiny, what we got's going to turn your brain into shit. <laughs> yes. It was the greatest movie yes. in the world. <laughs> and this is just a tribute. And, then, and Paul F. Tompkins is just like, how did you find me? I don't have anything to do with this. <laughs> I'll watch it. It looks cool, but... So good. Um, Yeah, this is my... F- probably it's, my it's favorite incredible. of the decade. It's, it's incredible. It might... Yep. Yeah, it's it's the only thing three for me. Easy. Yeah, the only thing that would outdo it is Blade Runner. And man... I need you to see Blade did Runner. We, <laughs> did we see me and Mad Max together? I feel like we did. I don't think so. I Is saw it, it three me? times. I saw it with I one saw of my it... old friends, my sister, and my family. Oh, I'm pretty I sure. Saw it opening night with my friend Mark, and I feel like there was one other yeah. person there. I thought it was you. But yeah, it's. God, I can't man. remember. Um, I feel like it was, but I don't know. It's maybe. such a good movie. Such a good movie. It's yeah, weird it that I can't away. remember. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, it's just that movie. Like, I also saw it again. I don't right. know who I saw it with. I saw Did I just it, see it by myself? I might have just seen it There's, like, myself. only... There's, like, I think four movies I've seen more than three times in theaters. Mad Max is the one I can remember immediately that I did. Um, I saw the first Star Trek movie, the 2009 one, like, seven yeah. times. Oh, that's good. That's great. And I saw um, Guardians well, of the Galaxy about five. Nice. We'll, uh, we'll do that, because I do want to talk about the the mo- the reboot star trek trilogy um so at some point thinking, that'll be a thing on its own i was listening to i just finished uh the the audiobook of of the beastie boys book it's a fantastic book oh uh, yeah. very good very very good and it kind of like ends very abruptly because they were like you know that was our last show and it was our last record we didn't plan on it that way but <sighs> yeah Yauk, it sucks then yout got cancer and died and that shit's too sad to write about and so they don't go into it as you could tell, they're Aww. still dealing with it. Like, That's amazing the, the, and sad. A lot of, most of the book is about, like, a lot of the book is, man, Adam Yauk was the best. Adam Yauk was the Aww. thing that held this band together. He understood music. He just understood shit in a different way. He went to Tibet one time, and it was like, oh, man, this sucks. And so he put together a Tibet tribute concert with, like, U2 and the biggest bands yeah. in the world in, like, a month. And But uh, I was I finished listening to it, and I was, like, listening to some Beastie Boys on my drive back from... Uh, from Louisville. Yeah. I don't know if there's one single moment in a film in the last five years that has given me the pure, stupid, unadulterated joy as the scene in Star Trek Beyond where they blow up all those ships with sabotage. Is that classical music? That it is. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen because they were right. Like, because they were like, yeah, so like we need some like uh, music would do it, and I I sit up in my seat in the theater. I'm like, <laughs> they're not about, and then starts playing, and I'm like, I like I turn, I'm like a kid, I'm like bouncing up and down in my seat. I was like, this is the greatest thing, and like that move, that scene is so dumb, but it is brought like the most, just the most pure joy from a movie I have maybe ever felt. It is like it's. Oh my god! I should rewatch that movie. I haven't watched. I it love in a while. Justin Lin. That dude, gets Justin it. Lin, and he's coming back for the ninth and tenth Fast and Furious movies. Yep, I love uh, that he took a break to to make the to most a... Star Trek Star Trek movie in decades that no one wanted to see. 
Yeah. And then now he's doing Fast and, and Furious. And in the first trailer for it, I remember when the first trailer for it came out and everybody was like, oh boy, look, it's Fast and Furious meets Star Trek. And like, not really. Also, it's just, a, uh, yeah, like it's a trailer. Those mm-hmm. movies are popular. Like, we need to have a class for everyone on the planet about trailers are marketing. Marketing is bad. You don't believe any other advertisements you see. You don't actually believe that Colgate will make your teeth 99% wider. But for whatever reason, you believe every film trailer is 100% indicative of the film that you will be seeing. Yeah. I don't get this. What are we doing here? <sighs> film industry is weird. Um, so, you know what? Uh, this and is Rotten Tomatoes has scene. ruined it because now everybody yeah. has to, yeah. Let's to make a Rotten Tomatoes for the trailers just to shut people up because then we can be like, this is right. what you thought the trailer was like. And, and this is what you thought the movie was like. Maybe you should stop. And it's just, well, I mean, even then it's just like, it doesn't matter because like Rotten Tomatoes assigning a number to something and assigning a binary fresh or rotten has now meant that to the discourse and to a lot of people, there is now a correct and incorrect way to enjoy film. And so if you, if you, quote, if you like a quote unquote bad film, then you are wrong. Because Rotten Tomatoes there's, says that it is rotten. There's and, nothing you can do. It's a yeah. two-party system. Exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. Throw your vote away. <laughs> throw your views away. Oh, my God. But, yeah. Okay. It's just, but, like, that's not news to anybody yeah, yeah. that Rotten Tomatoes is absolutely... I remember Rotten look, Tomatoes, look. like, there was, a, there was an article where they were yeah. like, Rotten Tomatoes says, they didn't mean to ruin film discourse. And I was like, I didn't mean to shoot Josh in the pupil with a Nerf gun that one time. I still did it. <laughs> Okay, look, so real quick to plant seeds for later. Um, I feel like what we struggle, struggle with the most uh, to make a, a, a specific episode is music. And I've always yes. wondered like how to improve on that. Because I think there's only certain artists that we yeah. could like talk that, for several think, hours about. Like, I think yeah. Beastie Boys would be a really good yeah, one. Yeah, that's one. Because I like, think they me were and my you can do Beastie Boys well. Band. They were my first favorite band. Like I was, I was a I, freshman in high school. And my friend let me borrow his CD of License to Ill, and it was fucking over. My discovery of Beastie Boys is very strange, um, and uh, I'll probably say this when we actually do the episode yeah. if we do it. But so when I first listened to them and thought they were really cool, my sister um, made me not listen to them anymore because she misunderstood what had happened between them and the Prodigy. Um, she I didn't told even me think that anything Beastie going Boy- on with Prodigy. Okay. So, like, in 2000 or whatever, when Prodigy was as big as they could get, they had a song called Smack My Bitch Up. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Beastie Boys toured with them, and they are like, we don't want you guys doing that song and stuff. That's not cool. It's a, they had it's issues. A, not a, it's not a very good song. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's yeah. abuse. It's bad. it's bad. My sister, my sister thought it was the Beastie Boys that made that song. Oh. Um, so, for... Like, the first half of the 2000s, I stayed away yeah. from them for that reason. Until I rediscovered yeah. them and yeah. found out, oh, it was the Prodigy yeah. that did that, not Beastie If you plays. still have my um, Audible login, you should listen to that book. It's uh, uh, very I'll good. do it later when I don't feel like crying. There's um, a there's But a really I, I want to say also, yep. I want to say this on, on the record. I don't think the Beastie Boys fit in a single genre. They 100% And don't. I think they're... They're they they're one of the very few bands that can, yeah. are artists that yeah do they, that and it's like, amazing. Go listen to Hello Nasty and tell me what genre that album is in because you can't. <laughs> um, there's Dude, a really license good... to ill like uh, what is Ill's it? Rap. It's rap. <laughs> but it's, it's like rap. rap rock and it's no, like not it's rap and it... there's not much like it's rock in that they sampled Led Zeppelin songs because they didn't play any instruments on License to Ill. It's all samples. 
They didn't start playing their instruments until later. Like, oh, I think I'm mixing up. You're you're thinking which one is sabotage on? You're thinking ill communication. Okay, my bad. Ill communication is again. You can't give that one up. Like ill communication, check your head and hello nasty yeah. you cannot assign a genre to those albums yeah and then paul's um, boutique is one of the greatest rap albums of all time like the stuff they do on that uh, that album is like sample yeah. wise is incredible uh there was so i think really when we good, do a big music yeah. uh episode uh, i think a beastie yeah. boys tribute would be nice there's a there's a chapter in that book about from like a, a prominent because it's something that i have also felt uh in the past few years uh, from a prominent feminist yeah. writer from uh, New York talking about how like she reconciled her love for the Beastie Boys while also being a young woman in 1980s New York which is pretty awful to be in because she yeah. was like how did I like I, I, I scoffed at the objectifying hair metal bands and I got groped and assaulted on the subway but I still fucking listen to girls even, like by the Beastie Boys, <laughs> even though that song was like as of, but it's like I uh, right. that. If you want to talk about how when satire doesn't work, it is licensed to ill, because that Damn. whole album is satire, but the people they were satirizing were the ones coming to their concerts. Yep, and buying and they, their albums, and they became what they satirized. But they talked about how they realized that and they moved away from it and and you know that's probably why it's probably why they had such an issue with smack my yeah. bitch up with the prodigy yeah they're like, like yeah they, we can't they, stand for this because we already screwed like, up once like it's, it's like a, it's a it's a cheesy verse now it's from sure shot it was on ill communication which i think was 92 yeah or 93 and it was mca saying like, i want to say a little something that's long overdue the disrespect to women has got to be through to all the mothers and the sisters and the wives and friends i want to offer my love and respect to the end that is a cheesy verse now but in 92 in a hip-hop song pretty revolutionary yeah uh and so like they never performed fight for your right to party after 1987 they never oh yeah no they again. really hate that song yeah and so it, that, that like, song they, really people don't yeah, get it more like, than any the, other song the, they've done that one yes Whoa. The Beastie Boys are the perfect example of satire, of failing at satire, reinforcing the people you're trying to satirize, becoming what you are mocking, and then realizing it and walking away. But that is yeah. a story for another time. Uh, All right. Man, now I need to go listen to some Beastie Boys. Yeah. Sorry. That was wrong. Uh, that wasn't how that was supposed to go, but... Ch it, they're one of my <laughs> karaoke go-tos, like a, like a Ch Check It yes. Out or a Paul Revere. It's a good karaoke song. All right. If you can... Uh, uh yeah, so uh um, yeah, let's yeah, head out yeah. uh NA Davis forty seven on Twitter at you know, consumerism with the one for the eye. Go listen to Pastamania. We talk about wrestling. Uh yep. Jesse's gonna be the Gonna go gonna uh to, to Bray Wyatt. I'll just keep, okay. keep saying that. Until <laughs> it happens. Christ. <laughs> don't I don't do on the spot, god damn it. How would they do I just want to see a, him again? How would a surprise entrant like that so out of nowhere? Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Deep we breaths. We'll we see you Deep guys breaths. later. Uh, thank you very much. It was fun. Uh, it's got a nice little bit of self indulgence. Uh, anything else? Birthday two. It's my birthday. Oh no! Right. Uh, to throw it back a little bit to a previous episode, Mark. Mother's Ball.